how many of us in our lives today, we need to intentionally ignore voices in our own lives, whether it's the, our, the voices of ourselves or the voices of the enemy telling us we can't do something, just give up, it's too whatever. Uh, maybe we need to ignore and, and say, what? No, I can't hear those voices. And we need to tune into what the voice of the Holy Spirit is telling us in our lives. You know, because too often of the time we're, we're uh, deaf to the voice of God, but we listen to our own thoughts and our own feelings about things in the enemy, but we need to ignore that stuff and listen to tune into God's voice. And it's a still small voice, so it takes some work to hear it. So hope is a powerful thing. I think we would all agree that hope is essential if we want to live the abundant life that God has called us to live as Christians and as believers. It keeps us going when all logic and reason tells us to give up, to not keep going. I'm reminded of something that my dad told me once. Uh, my dad's grandparents lived through the Great Depression. And when he was younger, he had told them, he asked them what it was like. And one of the things that they remembered going through that time was that people would ask them, how's it going? And so they learned to say every time anybody ever asked them, how's it going? They would say, oh, it's going. And if it stops going, you get out, you push. And I'm like, but that is a determined mindset to, you know, when you go through tough times, that has to be, you have to have a hope. You have to have something that you can cling to and say, you know what, if it stops going, we're going to keep this thing going. We're going to get out and push and we're going to do what needs to be done to keep going, to keep moving forward. And uh, like anybody that goes through hard times, my great grandparents didn't know when those hard times would end. They didn't, they didn't know when the ending would be. Wouldn't it be so great if when we went through difficult times in life that we knew exactly when we would get out the other side? How many of you guys think that would be pretty amazing? It's like, okay, it would be so much easier to go through this and to get through it if I knew where the ending was in sight. But we don't see the ending, do we? When we go through times, we're like, is this how it's going to be from now on? Is this like, you know, the rest of my life or is this season going to end? Uh, one, of the, one of the things I, I hated hearing over the past couple of years with the COVID stuff was, the, is this the new normal? I'm like, no. I, like, everything has a season. Everything you go through, everything that you go through is temporary, okay? Now, how long that temporary period is, that changes. But hope gets us through when nothing else will. The hope that we have that daily keeps our love for others alive and fresh the hope that keeps our joy intact, the hope that gives us peace that passes all understanding when there's scary things on the horizon or we see things in our lives that, that can make us anxious or fearful, that hope brings us peace. That hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is the hope of a victorious Savior, right? Jesus conquered sin and death in the grave, and he's made us a way for us to be made right with God. And so we have an everlasting, eternal hope that transcends even this life. So, if we don't guard that hope, if we don't guard the hope in our own lives of that victorious risen Savior, how can we share that joy and how can we share that hope with the rest of the world that needs it, that doesn't have God in their lives? If we don't guard the hope in our own lives, we need to be filled up. I'm sure most of you have heard the analogy of the uh, pitcher or the container, so like you need to be filled up in order to pour out, right? It's kind of like common, it's like science, right? 101. So like if you want to pour out to others, you need to have something to, with which to pour out of your life or, or whatever. And so that's why it's so important to let God fill you up daily, you know, spending time in his presence, letting his spirit speak to you. Because each and every day, whether interactions are with family members or other people that, are, that we don't even know or people we work with, every single day, God wants us pouring out to other people. And if we don't have anything to pour out, then they're going to miss out on what God wants to do. So we need to be filled up, and we need to make sure that we keep our hope in Christ firm and secure. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter about love, um, verse 13, I don't have this on the slides, but it says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, but hope is on the list. Hope is one of the big three, and that tells me that it's pretty important. We're called to show the world that God loves them, right, as as believers. Uh, He wants to bring people peace, joy, an abundant life. We know we're supposed to show these things in our own lives, right? So we preach the message of Jesus, and we tell people, Jesus loves you. God sent Jesus to die for you. He has a plan for your life. He wants you to follow him. We preach with our words, but we can also exemplify and show people with our lives and with our actions, right? So it's like we tell people, this is how you follow Jesus, and then it's like, well, now let me show you how to follow Jesus with my decisions, with the things I say, with the choices I make. We show people what a life devoted to Christ looks like. But there's times, if anybody in the room is like me, uh, have you been through times where it's everything you can do in life to just tread water and survive? You guys ever been in survival mode before in your faith? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and now, like, if, if you've been there, I'm pretty sure we've all been there, but now, like, the level of honesty here is how often are you in that point? Because sometimes in my life it feels like it's pretty often at times where I'm like, where there's days... I'm like, God's like, I want you to pray for this person. And I'm like, I don't even feel like praying for myself right now. And I know I need it. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't step out. or I don't feel like stepping out right now. I don't feel like doing anything. And you ever have those days where you just don't feel like, you know, God's calling you to do the things that he's called you to do. You know, read, read God's word, pray, you know, spend time in his presence, pray for others, maybe pour out to others. And you're like, yeah, I don't feel like doing any of that today. I think I'm just going to like sit here and look at the wall. I don't know if anybody has ever had days like that where you just feel like life has beat you down to the point where it's just like, I, I got nothing to give. But, uh, you know, we don't, how many of you guys know, we don't follow our feelings as Christians. As followers of Christ, as his disciples, we live by faith, right? Not by sight. So we don't follow our feelings. We let our feelings follow our actions. So here's what I mean by that. If you feel like not getting into God's word, that means that you extra, extra should at that moment be getting into God's word because your feelings will follow that and you'll be like, oh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I chose to get into God's word even though I didn't want to at first. Uh, and it's in those times that God wants to bring breakthrough, okay? When God uh, has you, puts it on your heart like an impression, like the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Hey, I want you to go step out and out of your comfort zone. How many, I don't know how many of you are introverts. I'm a massive introvert. I go to the store, and I'll see somebody, I'll walk down the aisle, and somebody's coming my way, and I, like, try to, like, avoid eye contact, because I don't, like, it's, like, awkward, and you, like, look at people, and they look at you, and you're kind of just, like, what do you do, like, nod, or, like, you make that face, or, like, or whatever, and it's, like, I, I, and, like, sometimes, every now and again, the Holy Spirit will put it on your heart to step out of your comfort zone and do something different that you've never done before, or that you're, like, I would never do that, like, uh, I remember when I was at college age, Pastor Scott was actually my uh, master's commission director when I was in discipleship school, like 12 years ago. Um, and we would go to like stores like Walmart or Safeway there in Wasilla, and they'd drop us off and they'd say, okay, you guys are going to ha- have a prayer walk, or you're going to spend some time in prayer, uh, and you're going to go around the store, and if the Holy Spirit highlights anybody, and he will, uh, step out in faith and do whatever the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart to do for that person. And it was like, well, what? So, like, people were like, 
oh, I feel like I should pray for that person or go talk to that person or give that person a prophetic word or an encouraging word. And it's somebody you've never even seen before. And we're all terrified. Like, I'm especially terrified because I'm an introvert. So I'm covered in sweat. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit's like, I want you to pray for that person right there. And they're just like looking at video, the video games in the electronics section at Walmart. They're just browsing video games. And I'm like, okay. So I just like went up and was like, Hey, just uh, my, I told him my name, and I, I don't know who you are, but, you know, I feel like God wanted me to ask you if there was anything you wanted prayer for in your life. And, you know, opened up to me and was like, yeah, actually, I've been going through this thing. And it just was like this natural occurrence thing that happened. And I prayed for him, and he was like, I really appreciate Thank you. And, and it was like, it, it was like this God moment because I stepped out of my comfort zone, and it was terrifying. And I was covered in sweat. I was shaking. I was so nervous. But God's like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? And, and, and I'm sure, like, if you, if you follow the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life and you do those types of things for people and you, and you step out and you maybe pay for somebody's groceries, which today, that's a big deal, um, <laughs> they will be thinking about that encounter for who knows how long, right? For you, it might, might be a thing where it's like, yeah, I, I obeyed God and I did this thing. But for that other person, they're like, I'll never forget the time this person this random stranger came and gave me a prophetic word or prayed for me about a specific need in my life. And it'll get them thinking, and that opens the road, that, that softens the soil for the Holy Spirit to begin to work in their hearts and in their lives because of an act of kindness that you stepped out and did. And so in those moments where you're like, I really don't feel like doing anything right now, I'm just here to get my groceries and go home. Keep an open heart to what God wants to do because he might use you to change somebody's life forever in the most random encounter at the store. You never know when God would want to use you. So the Bible talks about always being ready to give an account for the hope we have, right? That's, just, that's always being ready. is just having a soft heart to the Spirit and being able to listen and, and hear him and be willing to obey. When you feel like you're in those dry seasons where life is difficult, you're treading water, you're like, God, I just need encouragement for me right now. I'm just ba- I feel like I'm barely keeping it together right now. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't, don't, uh, don't lose progress. Keep pushing in harder to the things of God. Keep spending time in his word. Keep serving him. Uh, keep drawing closer to him. Uh, how many of you guys ever feel like you're just going through the motions, right, in your life? Uh, and, or in your walk with Christ, in your relationship? It's like, yeah, I feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions here. Um, when I was when I was in U, uh, Fort Yukon about 2016, our superintendent of the Assemblies of God for Alaska, uh, Superintendent Bill Welch, had come up to Fort Yukon, and he was going to preach at the church that Sunday, and just hung out and encouraged the staff that was up there. and And I remember telling him, Pastor Bill, I just feel like sometimes, you know, just with I don't see the results I want to see, you know, in the youth ministry up here, and and just things are pretty tough. And I was like, I. I just, uh, I just feel like I'm going through the motions a lot of the time. And he, and he said something I'll never forget. He looked right at me and he goes, well, Joshua, there's power in the motions. And I was like, huh, because every time I've ever heard that quote, it was always in a negative connotation. Well, I'm just going through the motions. There is power in the motions, okay? Just because you don't feel it, just because, you know, you just feel like you're just doing the mundane, that doesn't take any power out of the mundane, the mundane is the, the things that you do, the everyday things that we do, spending time in God's word, even though it feels, you guys ever read the passage of scripture or you do your uh, devotional reading or you read God's word and you're like, I got, I'm getting nothing, I got nothing out of this. And you just read it and it's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just check the box. I didn't really feel like I got anything. It didn't move me or I didn't feel connected to God or anything, but you did it 
and the Holy Spirit's working in your life even though you don't realize it and you don't see it and you don't feel it. He's doing stuff, and it's strengthening you. It's strengthening your character. It's strengthening your dependence on God. Uh, and one of, uh, one of our uh, people that was in the 9 a.m. service uh, after the service, they made a good analogy. It was like a, it's like a paddle boat, right? So it's like with, if it's just going, it's just going in a circle. But if that thing stops going, you stop, go, you stop going anywhere on the boat, right? You need something to keep continuously, you know, chugging and chugging. Uh, and that's like the things that we do, the everyday things in our lives that we do, the little decisions that we make. That's what keeps us going. That is what propels us forward and gives us momentum. And so when you feel like you're just checking off a list or it's just like, I don't feel like my heart's in this, guess what? I got news for you. That's okay. Just do it anyway. And wait for your feelings to follow your actions. Because our feelings, a lot, just about most of the time, our feelings lie to us. And our feelings will take us to places that we should never go and we should never be. The Bible doesn't say live by feelings. It says live by faith, right? And God's word is true and, and it never fails. So if we live by God's word, he'll never fail us, right? So dig deep. Seek him even more. There's power in the motions. Even when you don't feel God in your life or when you're doing something, you don't feel him, his presence, he's there. Whether you feel him or not, he's there. And he's doing stuff. I got a parable I want to share with you guys. Luke 13, chapter 6 through 9. Parable about a fig tree. And it's not the story where Jesus curses the fig tree. That's a different fig tree story. This one's about a barren fig tree that also didn't produce any fruit. But uh, it says, then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taken up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. So this passage about a man and his gardener and a fig tree. The man has become increasingly disappointed as the years have gone by. No fruit has been produced from this tree. His, ex his expectations were repeatedly not met. So at this point, he's, he's looking at an alternate option, right? He's like, okay, well, this hasn't been producing, so maybe we cut this down and we put a new tree in, that'll produce fruit. However, the gardener is not quite ready to give up on that tree, is he? You can see from that story, he, maybe he saw potential in that fig tree. Maybe he saw that it was just a little behind the growing curve, a late bloomer, right? And that everything was going to be okay. Uh, he asked the man to give it one more year, and he'll take special care and tend to it. So, by that point, the fig tree failed to produce fruit, then the man would cut it down. Notice how Jesus ends the story there, right? The, that parable ends where if, it gets, if we get figs next year, fine. If not, you can cut it down, and then that's the end of the story. And people are like, end? Did the fig tree get cut down, or did it produce fruit? And it's like Jesus was almost like, you know, that's up to you. Because it's like, uh, sometimes it won't be a happy fruit-producing ending. Sometimes it will be. We won't know for sure until, we're, until we've reached that point, you know, each individual person in their lives. Uh, and so I have a twofold application to this parable this morning. The first application is that we are that fig tree, right? So God is the man waiting to see fruit come from our lives. So he's waiting to see results. Uh, I preached, the last time I preached... In the sanctuary here, I talked about potential and about how God has given us his son, Jesus. He's given us his Holy Spirit. 
He's given us his word, right? He's given us his mercy, his grace, his faithfulness. He has given us everything. It's a substantial, priceless investment, right? And now he expects returns on his investment. So God is waiting to see, all right, what's going to come of this? What's, what kind of fruit are we going to get here? And he's waiting to see the fruit from our lives. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, are the gardeners, right? The, it's the gardener in our life. This parable shows the heart of God willing to, to give us more time to grow, to develop, to change, to bear fruit with the special tending and care of the Holy Spirit and, you know, Jesus in our lives uh, pruning us, uh, giving us extra water and fertilizer and soil. So I've been reading a lot of the book of Jeremiah in my personal Bible reading because that's just kind of where I'm at in my Bible reading plan, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is like, Isaiah and Jeremiah are pretty lengthy lengthy books. Uh, but man, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, that is such an intense book. I've been read, reading through it. Um, he had the extremely difficult and heartbreaking task of declaring God's judgment and wrath on his own people and repeatedly giving them warning after warning and like what's coming, right? Something's coming on the horizon for you guys because of what you've done, because of breaking the covenant, because of all these things, and it is not good. And this is the message that Jeremiah had to share with everybody, and it didn't make him super popular. He made, he made a lot of enemies. People tried to kill him. Uh, people tried to discredit him. They humiliated and mocked him. Uh, and he, at one point, said that he tried to stop speaking what God was pronouncing on everybody. But he said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones, how can I not share? I have to share. And so he, he has this job of declaring what God's saying to the people, to the kings, to the other nations as well. The whole book is like, it's going, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty gloomy, right? And, and then Jeremiah chapter 26. I mean, I'm telling you, like, even God was like, Jeremiah, Jeremiah if you pray for, don't pray for these people because I will not answer their prayers. Their, their fate is sealed. It's a done deal. And there's like these judgments that are, seem really harsh, like the specifics of what's going to happen. And it's just like really a really bad situation for uh, Judah. And then I read chapter 26, verses 2 through 3. And there was a big event going on. A lot of people were coming to worship uh, in the capital where the temple was. And huge crowd. So the Lord tells Jeremiah, and here in Jeremiah 26, verse 2, this is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord and make an announcement to the people who have come there to worship from all over Judah. Give them my entire message, include every word. And this next verse right here, for me, is one of the few verses that really captures the heart of God in the Old Testament. Verse 3, perhaps they will listen and turn from their evil ways. Then I will change my mind about the disaster I am ready to pour out on them because of their sins. So even in that moment, God was ready he had, he had the nation set up, ready to come in. Israel, had, I think at that point, had already been conquered. They were waiting to grab Judah, bring them off into exile, completely conquer them, do all kinds of terrible things to them. Like, this stuff was set up, ready to go. And God was still willing to put all of that on hold if his people would simply repent and turn to him in, in that point. And I was like, man, the heart of God there, because he says, I will change my mind. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Moses in the Old Testament earlier when the Israelites, God was like, all right, move, Moses, step aside. I'm, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses was like, 
interceding for the people and was like, God, what will happen to your name amongst the other nations? Because they'll say that you weren't able to rescue your people and all this stuff. And, and God goes, okay, for my own name's sake and for the covenant I made with Abraham and for you, Moses, I will not wipe these people out. Never mind. And it's like, you know, he wants to, he wants to change, he wants to change his, uh, change his mind. He wants to turn his judgment into mercy. If people would turn to him with contrite hearts, that means like, oh, I've sinned, I've messed up, it's all on me. Uh, God, I need you to rescue me. I need to turn to you. I was wrong. If, if people turn their hearts to God, he is more than willing to forgive them and to give them another chance. That is the heart of God that you see in the Old Testament. And so, because I know a lot of people are like, well, the Old Testament's just judgments and wrath of God and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, if you, if you read it through all the way, you'll see the overarching story is that God wants to bring, he wants to bless people. He wants to give them life. He wants to give them mercy. And it's ultimately our decision what we choose. Uh, so God has never, ever given up on us. And he never will. He'll, hold, he'll always hold out hope for us up to the very end. Aren't you guys thankful for that? I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm so thankful that God is like that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. Uh, and this is referring to the promise of his return and, and creating new heaven, new earth, and wiping out all evil. And he says, No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So God is holding out hope even today, you know, and for as long as he can, holding out hope for people that they'll turn to him in the last hour. My question, I have two questions, well, a question for each point today. So the first point is we are the fig tree. And my question for that is, what is the fruit that God is expecting to see from your life? If you are the fig tree, what fruit is there that God is wanting to see? And my second application to that parable today is that we are the owner of the garden. And my question for this application is, what fig tree is there in your life? Maybe there's more than one. What is it? Is it a person? Is it a person that you've loved and discipled and you committed time and resources and energy into pouring into them, to loving them, serving them, showing them this is how you, this is how you live for Christ? Maybe you were showing them by example. Maybe you've been there to listen to them as they... As they talked to you about their problems, and they cried to you. You were a shoulder that they could cry on, and you were there for them, but you haven't seen any results from their life. You haven't seen any fruit, and it's been years, and you're just this person just like, you're like, I love this person, but there's just no, it doesn't seem that there's any progress there. Maybe your fig tree uh, isn't maybe a person. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an idea, whether it's a ministry idea or a business idea or something that you have burning in your heart that God put there, and you're like, I can't get rid of this. I can't shake this. It's not going away but I don't know how it's going to happen. It's just stuff's not coming together for it. Uh, things aren't falling into place. Is it a burden that just doesn't ever seem to work out or come together? And you're like, well, I want to help in this area or I want to do this thing, but I just don't, I, I just don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe your fig tree is a prayer that just seems to go unanswered no matter how often and how long you've prayed for it. Does anybody in the room have unanswered prayers today? I do. And I, it's like, I've been, I have a family member I've been praying for since I was a kid and haven't seen any results, haven't, haven't seen any fruit from their life. Uh, past few years, kind of gave up praying for them and kind of even forgot to pray, started to forget to pray. I haven't prayed for them in a few years. And the Holy Spirit's been like the past couple of weeks, like, you need to start praying for that person again. And 
there were, there were some uh, recent results or recent steps towards God in their life uh, as of this past year. And the Holy Spirit's telling me, you need, to, you need to start praying for him again. And it was like, it can be discouraging when you pray for decades for something and it just doesn't happen. Uh, but that's not a reason to stop praying. It's not a reason to give up. Maybe what your fig tree needs is some TLC, right? Some tender loving care. Instead of taking an ax to a relationship, to that relationship or that person, maybe it's time to buckle down and maybe serve Serve them, love them, give even more of yourself. Maybe, maybe be more intentional about your time with them. Maybe give them more and, and see what God does. Maybe instead of giving up on, on an idea that God has planted in your heart, right? The Bible says that God, the good deeds that we were called to do for God, that he planted those things in us before the foundations of the world were even created, right? So before the world was made, God had your story written out and he had the good works that he had planned for you to do. That's what Ephesians says. Instead of giving up on those things, maybe it's time that we step out in faith and make some decisions, what I call risky, faith-filled, dangerous decisions, right? And this is what I mean. Like, I know there's wisdom. You have to use wisdom, and your life gets led by wisdom, you know? But faith, when God calls us to do something, it's like, if we have, let me tell you something. If you have a vision from God, it's going to take God to do it. If we can do it in our own strength or with our own resources, it wasn't a God idea. It was your idea, okay? With God's vision comes God's provision. That was something I used to hear a lot in youth group from my old youth pastor, and it stuck with me all these years because I've seen it happen in people's lives again and again from personal experience. Stuff that no, they, they should have never been able to accomplish, but they had a vision and they had a dream from God, and they decided to step out in faith and do something about it, and they made a plan to implement it, and Things fell into place, and it was, it's, it's a lot, it's, sounds a lot easier than it is, right? Because there's decisions you make financially or with the resources that you have in your life. When God puts a dream in your heart, you have to make a decision, and sometimes that decision is like stepping out where there's nothing to step out onto, if you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, if God doesn't pull through for me on this, this whole thing falls apart. And guess what? That's a good place to be. That, that's exactly what God wants. He wants you to put your complete trust and your dependence and your faith in him. He wants you to put him on the spot because he wants to pull through for you and he wants to get the glory for the idea he put in your heart, right? So, and then that way you can tell everybody about the goodness of God. It's like, yeah, you know what? I had this vision, you know, to, to start this orphanage or just to start this thing. Didn't know how I was going to do it. Just stepped out and started doing things. And I invested, you know, my money into this and all this stuff. And God pulled through and made everything work because it was his idea. It wasn't my idea. And so maybe that idea or that, that fig tree that's in your heart, whether it's a business idea, a ministry idea, or just some, something that you have that you want to do in your life that you know is from the Holy Spirit, do not give up on it just because it's been years. Maybe it was something that God put in your heart when you were a little kid and you were like, oh, yeah, I've, I mean, I used to want to do this. Don't give up on it. If it's still in your heart and it's still a passion, God put it there for a reason. He didn't put it there just for you to feel like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to do one day or whatever. He put it in there so that you could accomplish that thing, okay? So don't give up on it. Maybe do some TLC. Maybe seek, seek uh, God in prayer and say, hey, God, okay, how, how am I going to start this? What's the first step you want me to do? What's the first action step on this vision that you've given me? What do I need to do first? What step of faith or what, you know, what do, I, what do I need to do in obedience to you? Even no matter how hard it is, no matter how much it takes me out of my comfort zone, 
God, I want to follow you and I want to do this thing. Because nothing ever worth doing is, hard, is usually ever easy, right? It always seems like the hard thing to do. Like Pastor Steve had mentioned, I think it was last, was it last week, the right thing to do is, seems to always be the hard thing, right? <laughs> so why can't the right thing ever be the easy thing, but it's always, it usually seems the hard thing? Even if it's not hard, it's like it, it, it takes faith or it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to stretch me. Um, but it always seems like that's where, that's where God wants us. He wants us in this spot, in this tension where we're like dependent on him. And we're like, we're like, God, I need you to pull through. I need you for this. And God's like, don't worry, I'll be there for it. I will pull through. So God hasn't ever given up on us. We can't give up on others. And we can't give up on the dreams that he's put in our lives, okay? Instead of no longer praying for somebody, maybe it's time to pray even more. Maybe it's time to throw some fasting in there if you haven't already. Maybe it's time to start engaging in some spiritual warfare like you've never done before until you see breakthrough, right? So don't give up. Keep pressing in, especially when you don't feel like it. Those are the times that God honors those moments. God honors those sacrifices in those times. He doesn't do it just to make us uncomfortable or have us do things that we don't feel like doing just to see if we'll do them. There's a reason for it. And when God sees what we give up, and that we press in even when our feelings are going against it, he sees how much we want to connect with him. He, was, he is going to honor that. He is going to reward that dedication and that devotion to seek him and that hunger for him. So as I get ready to conclude, the times you feel like giving up, and it could have the uh, worship team come, come to the platform at this time, in those times you feel like giving up, hope in God, hope through it for one more season, Right? Hope through one more season. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Let the Holy Spirit work in another person's life that you're, that you're trying to help. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in your idea or in your prayers. Let the Holy Spirit and Jesus do some tender, loving care, right? Seek him. Allow him to work in your life and in your heart, no matter what the cost. You know, maybe there's things that we need to give up in our lives that we need to completely, instead of just being like, oh, I need to, I need to like, not do this for a time. Maybe God's calling some of us to sever it completely and say, I'm never going back to this. This is just using up all my time or it's taking me to places mentally and spiritually that I don't want to be. It's not good for me. I'm going to cut it loose. Maybe there's sacrifices we need to make so that our tree can grow some fruit. Watch what God can do when you give him one more season. Instead of giving up, give your worries, your concerns, your discouragements to God because he's a big God. He's, he doesn't, he's not... He's not sitting there going, oh man, you have all these doubts and discouragements. Well, now I'm kind of discouraged. It kind of rubbed off on me. He's not like that. You can bring your worries to him and he's like, it's okay. I've got it all under control. You follow me, you obey me, you're in the palm of my hand and I'll keep you safe. He'll provide whatever we need to accomplish whatever he's called us to do. He has never given anybody, he has, he has never called anybody to do anything in the history of mankind. He has never called anybody to do anything and not provide them what they need to do it. He has always given people what they need if they accept and they decide to work with it and to do it. And so, give God one more season. Keep believing that the fig tree will grow some fruit and eventually, if it's time to cut it down or to move on, you let God be that, uh, decide that. Let God decide when it's time to move on. Just, you just be faithful to do your part and leave the rest to him. If we just do our part, if we just, we just last hope through one more season, and then when that season's over, if we still don't see results, give it one more season, and you keep giving it one more season, because that's what God does for us. 
he gives us one more season. We're going to go into the what we call the ABCs of salvation today. If there's anybody in this room this morning that perhaps there's, you realize that God is calling you and he's inviting you to have a relationship with him so that your life can bear fruit. What I mean by that is so that your life can bear good results, changed lives, an abundant life. He's waiting for you to come to him in repentance. And, and maybe some of us today, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and you haven't had a relationship with God before. Uh, maybe others, you've had a relationship with God in the past and maybe you've allowed yourself to, to drift apart and drift away from God. Or maybe you're here and your relationship with God is rock solid and you spend time with him every day, but you know that there's fruit in your life that's not there that God wants to see. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verses 20, verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So first we admit and acknowledge that we've sinned against God, that we cannot make it to heaven on our own. We can't have right relationship with him on our own. There is no exception. Everybody has sinned. Romans 6.23 continues, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we believe. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then lastly, we confess. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So we admit we've sinned, we believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father, that he died and was, and was risen again, and we confess that faith to others, and we declare our faith in Jesus. That is how we are saved. And so if you haven't done that today, I want to invite you to, to pray and talk to God in your own words. Ask God for forgiveness for your sins. Believe that he is the only way and that he is God and that he died for you. And, co and confess that he is Lord and that he is who he says he is. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. The worship team is going to get ready to lead us in a final song here but I just want to pray real quick over, over everybody here. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your heart. God, that you love us so much, that you give us so many opportunities. God, so many chances that you love your children and that you are a good God, you are a good father. Lord, I pray that for everybody here, God, that we would bear fruit. We would bear the fruit that you want to see, God. That we wouldn't try to earn our way to pleasing you, but God, that we would, we would please you because you already love us. And that, God, our lives, we would live our lives out of the overflow of what you've done for us. That it would be a byproduct of your love for us and your sacrifice for us. And God, we would love you because you first loved us. God, that we wouldn't try to earn your love, but that we would live from your love. That, God, that we wouldn't try to just do things for you in this life, but that we would do things with you each and every day. That we would include you in the process. That we would just be in relationship with you, God. 
And Lord, for the fig trees in our lives, the things that we've been wanting to see results from and have just been discouraging to us, Lord, I pray that you would just help us give us that hope and that endurance to go one more season. And God, to just go even deeper, go harder. God, when, there's a, when the marathon is run, the home stretch is the most intense. That's where you push the hardest and you go the fastest. And God, I pray that we would, we would push the hardest through, this, through, the, through one more season. God, we love you. We praise you and we worship you. And I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today.